we're going to see a lot of that people are accepting Christ and they're getting baptized hallelujah and they're giving their lives to the Lord wonderful wonderful God is still on the move hallelujah still on the move yes
belongs to him he ordained our footsteps on a daily basis hallelujah he allowed his eyes to open in the morning hallelujah and he walks with us and he talks with us bless him bless him for he's good he's good hallelujah praise be to your God you can be seated hallelujah well, praise the Lord. Good night to everybody once again. And tonight, like I said, it's a special night where we're having baptism here at Highland Church. But tonight, we also have something that's very special. And that's a special speaker. And he's no other than our brother, Colin Baker. And most of you, you know Brother Colin. He's the one who directs and leads the Bible Institute here at Highland Church. So put your hands together for Brother Collins. Praise the Lord. How are you doing this evening? Everyone is good? Praise God. Praise God. Wednesdays is Bible study, right? You know that? Wednesdays is Bible study. And what does Bible study entail? Reading the Bible and studying it, right? So let's get into a word of prayer and then we do some of that. Father, want to bless you for your goodness. Want to thank you that you're a mighty God. Want to thank you that you're worthy. And we pray tonight, Lord, that your word will come forth with simplicity. Your word will come forth with clarity, and above all, that your word will come forth with humility. We thank you now for your goodness to us. Open more hearts to receive your word as we enter in together to the end that we may be established and made strong to be victorious in our daily lives. We thank you now and bless you in your mighty name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Please get loose and light with me so that we can enjoy this word. Amen? Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. The word of God is nice. And we're going to try and enjoy the word. And I said it's Bible study. So Bible study means that we're going to read the word and then we're going to get into the word together. That sounds like a good plan? Like you could work with me? Now this word I'm going to share with you tonight, I need to tell you how I got to receive this word. I know I'm going to share it with you. You know, for a couple of weeks, we're having the service outside. Any of you, you don't attend the service out on the front lawn? Anyone? You're right, uh, service on the front lawn, nice stuff. I came to a couple of those uh, outside service. And from once you're outside, you're going to see that the island church has a relatively well-kept lawn. Did you figure that out? The lawn is nice. And if you have a lawn like mine's, you'd say Island Church lawn was excellent because my lawn is kind of not there. I've been struggling with this lawn at home for could be many, 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 many years. I have done sod. I've done Kentucky rye. 
I have done bluegrass. I have even gotten somebody to create some specialized bionic seed just for the Northeast to make sure this lawn works. And this lawn looks good for a while. And then it becomes overrun with weeds. And I've been fighting to get this lawn looking good without weeds. And I've come to the conclusion that there always will be weed. So tonight I'm going to talk to you from the Bible about there will be weeds. There will be weeds. And we're just going to settle out a particular scripture, right? So if you have your Bible and it's up on the screen, let's turn me to Matthew 13. So there's two parts of Matthew. Just one we're going to stuck right there. We're going to stuck for tonight, right? Remember, we have baptism, so I'm not going to keep you long. So Matthew 13. It's a parable that Jesus spoke from verses um, 24 to 30. He spoke the parable, and then from verses 36 to I think 43, he explained the parable. Right. So we're going to read the parable together, and then we're going to read the explanation together, and then you and I are going to dig into what the parable means. Sounds like a plan? So we're going to read the parable, and Jesus, his disciples came to him and said, What meanest thou by this parable? And Jesus told them. So we're going to dig into that parable and look at the parable in the context of the parable and see how we can apply it to our lives. Because what we want to establish at the end of this session is that there will be weeds. And if there will be weeds, we need to find a way how to navigate the weeds. We need to find a way how to deal with the weeds. Because based on this parable, we're going to see that there will be weeds. There will be weeds. And if there will be weeds, we have to find a way to handle the weeds. Find a way to establish our lives in spite of the weeds. Ready? Let's do that. So where are we? So verse Matthew 13, you're there? Now let's go to... Verse 24. Another parable he put forth unto them, saying... The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. What seed did he sow? Good seed. Don't mix this up with another parable. Good seed. So what we are talking about is good seed in his field. Let's go. Verse 25. But while men slept, these are the persons who sowed the seed, his enemy came and sowed tears and for tonight, tares means weed. Enemy sowed weed among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the weeds too. But so the servants of the householder came and said to him, Sir, didst thou, thou sow seed in thy field? From whence then art these weed? He said unto them, an enemy had done this. The servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? And he said, Nay, lest while you gather up the tares or the wheat, you root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. Just pause right there. Let both grow together until the harvest. There will be weeds. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather ye together first the wheat 
the, buying the first the weed and buying them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. Let's go to verse 36. And Jesus is going to explain to his disciples. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house. And his disciples came unto him and saying, Declare unto us the parable of the wheat in the field. So his disciples came, they heard the parable, and now they wanted an explanation about the parable. So I'm going to tell you what Jesus told them, and then we're going to go back to the parable in verse 24 and dig into it for ourselves. Sounds good? So we read the parable. We're going to read now what Jesus told them, what the context, or so some stuff about the parable. There was a person who sowed some seed. We need to know who that was. The seed that was sowed represented something else. Then the person who sowed the other seed represented something. Let's figure it out. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went to the house, and the disciples came unto him, saying, Declare unto us the parable of the weeds of the field. He answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the son of man. He that soweth the good seed is the son of man. That Jesus was talking about himself. The field is the world. Let's get that clear. The field is not the church. The field is not Israel. The field is the world. Please understand that in context. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. You and I. Christians. But the weed are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. As therefore the weeds are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels. They shall gather out of all his kingdom all things that offend them, which do iniquity. And he shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be weeping and wailing and natural teeth. Let's go back to verse 24 where the parable starts. So let's, let's get this in context. Let's get all the characters in the, the parable. There was the sower, and based on what we read, that sower is the, the son of man, Jesus Christ. Your work would be like that. And he sowed some good seed. And those good seeds represent you and I, children of God. And then the enemy came after the seeds were sowed and sowed some other seed. And that enemy was the devil. And those are his offspring who comes to create havoc. And then some persons who were given a classification was the helpers who went to him and said, Master, what should we do about these weeds that are growing among the wheat? Jesus didn't define those. And when Jesus doesn't define something, the Bible doesn't define something, we can't just create our own idea. Because he didn't say, you follow me? He didn't say who these persons were. So it's not good Bible study or Bible interpretation to form your own idea about that. Jesus just didn't say. So if Jesus didn't say, we're going to consider them not important for our study. Because if they were, Jesus would tell us what they were. Because remember, he gave every character in the parable and the description when the disciples asked him. But he didn't tell them anything about the helper. You're with me so far? And then he said the reapers were the angels. And then the reaping would take place at the end of the age. So there's two things going on with this parable. You get me so far? We have discussed all the characters in the parable. So I want you to understand the parable, understand the character in the parable, and then we're going to study the parable together. We're fine with that. 
This parable has two meanings. I don't want to let you get that clear, and we're going to zero in on one of the meaning because we don't have the time or the expanse to do both. One of the meanings of this parable is what they call eschatology that tells you what happened in the end time because this, this parable is also about reaping that the end harvest when Jesus should return. But this parable is also about contemporary living as weeds among weeds. So we're going to discuss the contemporary aspect of this parable about weeds living among weeds. Because we don't want to go into the end part because we can do that, but that's outside the scope of what we're going to study tonight. So we're going to discuss this parable based upon contemporary revelation about what happens when weeds have to exist among weeds. It's naive and even foolish for Christians to think that because we are planted and established by God as a good weed, good sweet in good soil, that means there will be no wheat around. Weed around. Understand the principle. There will always be weeds irrespective of who planted the seed. So Jesus planted the good seed. Now don't mix up this parable with the earlier parable. Jesus spoke an earlier parable in Matthew 13. And that parable was about soil. He said, the, remember the earlier parable? He, there's good seed, and the good seed went on stony ground. It went thorny ground. It went into good soil, and it went by the wayside. That was a parable about soil. This second parable we're discussing is about seed. So this good sower, which is the son of man, planted good seed. And the fact that you are planted by God is naive to think that there will be absence of weed in your life, in your church, and in your community. Because this Bible tells us as we read it that the sower sowed in the world. And the church is not of the world, but we are in the world. So if weeds are in the world, that means weeds are in the you're working with me. If weeds are in the world, it means that weeds are in the church. So the good, so if we think, if we get naive, we could buy holy water as much as we want. It's foolish to think. And if you're waiting for an absence of weed in your life to step out into God, then that's not what the scripture says. We have to step out in God irrespective of the weed. Because this text tells us that let both grow until the time of harvest. It tells me that when the wheat is taken care of, they will produce a harvest irrespective of the weed. Because it said let the weed and, and the wheat grow until harvest. That means there is guaranteed an harvesting of the wheat irrespective of the weed. So as Christians, we can't believe that we can't function because there are weeds around. He's saying even though there are weeds there will still be a harvest. So therefore, how do we get a harvest in the midst of weeds? Because weeds will always be there. Because this text tells us that weeds will be there until the end time. So until Jesus returns, there will be weeds in the church, there will be weeds on your job, there will be weeds in the community, there will be weeds in the house. But we can still reap an harvest because this text tells us Wheat will be there, but there's a harvest irrespective of the weed. So we can't sit around and say there's too much weed. There will always be weed. So how do we navigate the weed? Let's understand some stuff about this weed. The weed and the wheat 
started from a seed. They were both planted. And sometimes we as Christians think that we are the only one planted. The weeds were planted too. The weeds were planted just like the wheat. So weeds have a root system too. That's why the Bible says something can't happen only by prayer and fasting. Because we think weeds are superficial. They are planted just like the wheat. That's what the text says. Did you read it? Someone came and planted. So that's why spiritual warfare is necessary. Because the weeds we are fighting against are planted too. So if we want to reap our harvest as wheat, we have to get into our spiritual warfare because the weeds we are up against are planted too. They have roots too. And they have to be dealt with. So don't sit around and wait until there's an absence of weeds in your life before you step out in God. There will always be weeds. But our harvest is guaranteed because that's what the text says. So, what are the principles about seeds? Is this. A seed is not planted as an end in itself. In the biblical times, when a sower planted wheat seed, what do you think was the goal of the sower? The goal of the sower who planted the wheat seed was to get bread. He planted the seed. The seed had to grow. They had to mature. He had to reap the wheat. He had to crush them and turn them into bread. There is a process. So this text is telling us that God wants us to go from seed to bread. That means he wants us to go from infancy to maturity. How do we get to maturity in the presence of weed? But it's possible. Because seed goes to mature wheat. And mature wheat is harvested and goes to bread. Now, when a seed is planted... It first grows down, spreads its root, and then it grows. And that's what happened to the wheat. What do you think happened to the weeds? When the sower whose enemy planted the weeds, they first grew down, and they spread their roots, and then they grew up. An important thing. But while they slept, his enemy came and sowed tears among the wheat and went his way. Let's look at verse 26. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit. Understand the principle. Remember I told you, he said the sowing took place in the world. And the church is in the world. So we are looking at this contemporary thing in the context of the church. So I'm talking about weeds that we navigate weeds in the church and our lives as weeds. He said, but the blade was sprung up. The thing to understand about this weed, in this biblical time, the weed, name of the weed was darnel. And when the darnel weed is growing among the wheat, the only way you know the difference between the darnel weed as opposed to the wheat was when the wheat got mature. That means it's confirmed what the scripture says, by your fruit you shall know them. So until the wheat got mature, there's no way for you to distinguish between weed and wheat. So weed can be spinning in the church and flicking and going to spiritual gymnastics. It's by our fruits that will determine what's weed and what's wheat. Like he says, but when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the weeds also. So the weeds were growing and they never recognized it. Because our fruits will tell us who we are. 
Not our shouting and our olive oil and stuff like that, which is good. It's by our fruits will determine if we are wheat or if we are weed. Because they grew together and the workers didn't know that there was weed until the fruit started appearing. So our fruits determine what's in our root system. So they knew that there was weed when the fruit started. Because the, root, the fruits that's produced from the weed was black in color. And the fruits that came from the wheat were golden in color. It was the fruit that distinguished between the weed and the wheat. It's our fruit. So we have to look for fruits. Because it's out of the abundance of who we are that we produce fruits. So weeds will be there, but our fruits will identify the weed as opposed to the weed. So maturity is important. So one of the key things to distinguish between weed and weed is to strive for maturity of the weed. So we're going to get to that. If we want to find out how to exist among weeds, we have to work for mature weeds. So we have to understand how can we work with each other so that we get mature. Because it's the maturity that determines how we withstand the effects of the weeds. So the servants of the householder came. So the servants who had no name. They came to the sower and they said to him, Did you not plant just good seed? No. Understand that Jesus' intention, God's intention is always good for us. So when Jesus, who is the son of man, planted his seed, his intention was for good things. But the Bible tells us the devil come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So the intent of the seeds that the sower planted was to create maim and confusion. You know, in Roman times, the easiest way to confound your enemy was to plant weeds in his garden. The Romans even had a law against it. From once you sow weed, it destroys the wheat, so it was an attack. So when the workers saw that was happening, you're following me, right? When the workers saw that this was happening, they went to the master and they said to him, did you not only plant wheat? And he said, yes. And they said, how is it that we find weed? It's very important that you get the points I'm going to make next. These workers were so concerned about the weed that they wanted to rip up the weed, thinking that they could preserve the wheat. The master, who was the son of man, said to them, no, because I remember the weeds were seed and the weed were seed. They both were planted. They grew down. And then they grew out. That means their roots were intertwined. So the master knew there was no way they could get rid of the weed without destroying the wheat. One of the key things we have to understand as we navigate in the body of Christ with weeds among us is that our, in our zeal for righteousness, in our zeal for holiness, which is important. There must be a zeal in our hearts for holiness and righteousness in our lives as individuals and in the church and in the community and in the country as a whole. There should be a zeal for righteousness. There should be a zeal for holiness. There should be a zeal for living for God. 
But that zeal for holiness and righteousness can't come at the expense of killing weeds. We need to be weed keepers more than weed killers. And some judgmental Christians, they know how to kill weed, but they don't know how to keep weeds. And the church can't exist if we go through just slashing weeds because it makes no sense if after all the weeds are dead, 75% of the weeds are maimed and crippled and unhappy and sad. Our desire and our zeal for holiness and righteousness must be controlled and tempered by our desire to preserve the wheat and not just only punish weed. We can't just contain and believe, oh, weeds. I'm not saying weeds should just go rampant in the church and we should just leave weeds in our lives. But our desire must be weed keepers rather than weed killers. Because when we are weed killers, we get self-righteous and judgmental and we just want to slash weeds at the expense of wheat. That's why so many weeds are hurting and in pain because the judgmental killing of weeds without any concern for preserving wheat. The best weapon we have against weed is a well-nurtured, well-fertile, well-trimmed, well-taken-care-of wheat. Because when the wheat is strong, it has the resilience to stand up against the weed. So if we go to the church and establishing each other, supporting each other, get the wheat strong, then each wheat will be able to stand up against the weeds around them. But so often we are so interested in killing weeds because it looks good. We look like spiritual warriors, but at what cost? The destruction of wheat. We should be wheat keepers and not only weed killers. We should be weed preservers more than weed killers because we need to preserve the wheat because that's all we're going to be established when we lift up each other, we support each other, we hurt with each other because the best weapon against weeds is a strong wheat. So we need to feed the wheat, give them the responsibility. Weeds need to be strong and when the weeds are strong, they can resist because why we don't need to focus so much on the, the weed because the text tells us that in spite of the weed, the wheat will still produce a harvest. So we can produce harvest. I'm not telling you to condone sin and, 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 and immorality in your life. But I'm telling you, as we strive for holiness and righteousness, it can't be at the expense of destroying each other's lives. It makes no sense for there to be no within the church and all the weeds, weeds are unhappy and sad and feel hopeless or desire. So, the key to being a good weed keeper rather than a weed killer, because I, I, I minister simple, you know, I minister simple. So, I'm going to give you just, just three quick things. How to be, how to be. Oh, oh, the control room, could you go to Galatians 6 verse 1? Let me just tell you how to read this scripture. Galatians 6 verse 1. Bear in mind, I just told you about weed killers as opposed to weed keepers. If you understand the concept of weed keeper versus weed killer, this is how you would read the scripture. Brethren, if a man be a weakened wheat, ye which are strong weeds, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. Consider thyself, lest thou also be tempted. You recognize that when you're a weed keeper, you're more interested in restoration rather than judgment. They haven't even mentioned that this person, what the fault is, you know. They're just saying restore. 
And if you read Jesus' activity, they said a woman was caught in adultery and they brought her to Jesus. No, they didn't even bring the man. That's just a different thing because if she was caught in the act, there must have been a man, right? But that is even a different message. So I'm not going. They brought a woman. And Jesus said to all the weed killers who had stone, anyone who is without sin cast the first stone. And all the weed killers, gone. And Jesus demonstrated what a weed keeper is. Jesus didn't say anything about her adultery, no. He said, go and be a strong wheat. He didn't mention anything about her adultery. He, not that he condones it, but he says, go and be a strong wheat. Because when we are a strong wheat, we have resilience to stand against the things that the enemy brings in our life. So we should endeavor for us to be strong wheats. Now, being a strong wheat is a process, right? Because remember I told you earlier that when you plant a seed... The end is to get bread. It's foolish to think that if you plant the weed seed this morning, you're going to get bread in the night. Because the, weeds, the, seed, the seed has to grow down, it has to spread, and then it has to get mature, it has to be reaped, and then it becomes bread. You see the process? So, strong wheat, to become a strong wheat is a process. You go from seed to wheat to reaping, to bread. So that's why we have to be aware of each other's standing. Because some persons are young wheats and some are mature wheat. Because growing from seed to mature wheat to be reaped is a process. So you have to understand this text, this parable, in that God is taking us through a process. Because at the end of the day, we should all be strong weeds so we can stand against the wiles of the weeds that's around us. So how do we support each other? How do we do we become weed preservers instead of just weed killers? Weed punishers. How do we become weed keepers instead of just weed killers? The three simple points and then I close. In your spiritual toolbox, along with your daily private time with God, when you go to your daily devotion, your daily quiet time, your communion, your olive oil, whatever you do in your spiritual toolbox. To be a wheat keeper. If a wheat keeping is to be the most important thing in your life as a Christian to preserve in the body of Christ. In your spiritual toolbox, you should have two pieces of glass. Every Christian should have two pieces of glass in their spiritual toolbox. One should be a mirror and one should be a magnifying glass. The mirror must always be bigger than a magnifying glass. Always, in every circumstance, go for the mirror before the magnifying glass. When we're dealing with wheat in the church, if you go for the mirror first, chances are you may not need a magnifying glass after. But many Christians, what's in their spiritual toolbox is a big old magnifying glass. And every situation they go for it so they can see everything that's wrong with someone else except themselves. So to be a weed keeper, ensure that your mirror is bigger than your magnifying glass and make sure you always go for your mirror first. Because when you go for a mirror first, it will show us some stuff. And when you look at it, you say, oh, oh, no, I see why she's behaving that way. Because, oh, oh, oh. So as you want to be weed keepers, two pieces of glass in your spiritual toolbox, a mirror and a magnifying glass. Make sure the mirror 
is always bigger than a magnifying glass. And know which pocket the mirror is. So whenever situations face you, you go for the mirror. And chances are, after looking in the mirror for a couple of seconds, you will start seeing the person you're about to accuse differently. So if you only had a magnifying glass in your toolbox, after tonight, I want you to break them and go get a mirror, a big mirror, and keep that. Because the mirror will guarantee that we'll become weed keepers more than we are weed killers. Weed preservers more than weed punishers. Because the biggest resilience to weeds are strong weeds. How do I know this? I started by telling you about the lawn I'm trying to fix at my home, right? So I've, I've, I've dug up the lawn many times, four or five times. Spent a lot of money. I put in a sprinkler system. I do, I've done many things and this lawn is just now working. I told you that's how I came to this message. And then I started speaking to some other guys. And the guys said to me, you are doing the wrong thing. You're attacking the weed. He said, listen, this is a grass that you should use. He said, clear everything, plant these seeds, and it's going to take a long while. But what they're going to do, they're going to run and create a mat under the ground. And when the grass starts coming up, there will be a mat under the ground. And no weed can come through the mat. So I was fighting weeds. The guy was saying, you need to get good grass. And when grass is healthy and strong, it will take care of the weed. But sometimes in Christendom, we get so focused on the weed that we don't strengthen the wheat among us. And when we strengthen the wheat, that's when they have the resilience against the weed. Wheat keepers instead of weed killers. Wheat preservers instead of weed punishers. Because there will always will be weed. But God tells us, the text tells us that in the midst of the wheat... There will be an harvest. At the end, there will be a harvest. Bless his name. Lord, we thank you for your word to us. As we prepare for this harvest, Lord, in spite of the weed around us, in our community, in our lives, in our church, wherever in the world, we are confident in your word that there will be a harvest irrespective. There will always be weed. But Father, your word says we will overcome and there will be abundant life irrespective of that. So we live expecting much from you, Lord. Create this genuine concern in our hearts, O oh Lord, that we become weed keepers and not judgmental weed killers, that we preserve the body, that we can all move forward in unity and in excellence. We thank you now and bless your holy name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. All right, the worship team is going to come back and then we're going to get ready for water baptism. Amen. All right, so I'm going to do a switcheroo, you know, like Superman or something like that. So I'm going to switch, and the next time you see me, I'm going to be in the pool getting ready to baptize the folks. Have a blessed evening. Well, praise the Lord. There's a lot of moving around here on stage tonight. But uh, it's all good. We're getting ready to give to the Lord. Bless him, bless him, bless him. Praise God. Hallelujah. We're getting ready to give. <clears throat> Let us pray. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for whatever we, we're bringing to you here today, Father. We pray, O oh God, that you will take it, that you will multiply it, Father God. 
and you would use it for your kingdom, Father. Father, there's so many ways of giving, Lord God. We can text it. We could go to the website. Or we could even mail our substances. We pray, O oh God, that whatever are in the hearts of the people, Lord God, that you will bless them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You could come. How many of you need him more tonight? I need you more More than yesterday I need you more More than words can say I need you more Than ever before I need you, Lord I need you, Lord I need
Praise the Lord. If you would turn your attention now to the baptism. Jesus said, go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the name of the Son, and the name of the Holy Ghost. Make them disciples. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. God bless you this evening. We just want to do a little interview and we have Sharon Livermore. Sharon, do you believe that Jesus is the Christ sent from God to redeem us from the law of sin? Yes, I do. Sharon, do you believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and rose from the dead? Yes, I do. And are you committed to following Jesus and being a disciple of Christ no matter what and to be a witness for his glory. Yes, I do. Amen and amen. Then go get ready to surrender all to the Lord. We have Lily DeYange. Lily, young person, Lily, do you believe that Jesus is the Christ sent from God to redeem us from the law of sin? Do you believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and God rose him from the dead? And are you, Lily, committed to the following Jesus Christ and being a disciple of Christ and a witness no matter what for him? Yes. Then, Lily, go ahead and prepare yourself for the baptism. And as the others have prepared themselves, I would like to call Lonnie Abbott to come forth and to be baptized. Lonnie, with your confession of faith, you're being baptized now in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and the Holy Ghost of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. God bless you. Congratulations. Dion Edwards, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Amen, Dion. With your confession of the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Dion, we baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and the Holy Ghost of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Going all the way with the Lord, amen. Being obedient, even Christ himself was baptized. Next, we have Kimberly Spaulding. Hallelujah. Kimberly with the confession of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who died on the cross for our sins, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Now we have Sharon Livermore. Sharon, praise the Lord. With the confession of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, we baptize you now in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, 
in the name of the Holy Ghost of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Uh, Joan Wong. This is Sharon's daughter. Mother and daughter. Amen. Being baptized together. What a blessing. Joan, by the confession of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and his shed blood on Calvary's cross, we baptize you now in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Ghost of God. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. And we have one of our young youth, Lily Deange. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Lily, with the confession of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you made him your personal Lord and Savior, we baptize you now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost of God. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Glory. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. Obedient ones, amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord God Almighty. I want to thank everyone for being with us this evening. From our worship team to the ministry of the word. And um, we just want to glorify God for his goodness to us. I am going to close in prayer and then, the, and then the worship team will take us away finally with worship. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us, Lord. May your mercies go with us, travel with us. Disperse with us, Father, and bring us safely into our homes that we can come back on Sunday to glorify you and lift up your mighty name. Thank you for those who have been baptized, Lord. Cover them this first night as baptized saints under your blood, under your wings. And every plan the enemy has against these newly baptized people, we cancel it right now in the name of Jesus. And we send ministering, comforting, protecting angels over them and their household forevermore. In Jesus' name, go in peace. Bless the Lord. <laughs>